Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There's nothing better than feeling comfortable in your own shoes. And that doesn't mean flopping down on the couch with bunny slippers. Maybe you're a parent raising a little rock star. Or a tech nomad working from anywhere and jumping from one thing to the next. Whoever you are, Allbird wants you to be comfortable in your actual shoes, too. Their wool runners, pipers, and loungers are designed for a level of coziness that makes you feel like you can do anything. You might even forget you're wearing them. And their shoes are so stylish, they go perfectly with a wear-whatever-I-want attitude. Allbirds is all about loving Mother Nature, too, because no one wants to leave a bad footprint. Each shoe is carefully crafted from natural materials that tread lightly on our planet. From ZQ-certified merino wool, to a bouncy midsole made from sweet foam, the world's first carbon-negative EVA material made from sugarcane. In 2019, J.P. Morgan Chase launched Advancing Black Pathways to strengthen the economic foundation of black communities. That's why Advancing Black Pathways is building on J.P. Morgan Chase's efforts to build a more inclusive economy for all. We're doing this by driving sustainable change, improving the financial health of individuals and families, and creating pathways to home ownership and entrepreneurship. J.P. Morgan Chase is committed to helping close the racial wealth gap. What's up, y'all? This your boy David with Black Wealth Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. What's good, everybody? Welcome, welcome, everybody, all you beautiful people, to a live recording of the Black Wolf Renaissance podcast presented by J.P. Morgan Chase. How is everybody doing out there? Hey, that's all sound good. I know y'all better Good to see all y'all beautiful faces in the building. I am David Bellard, one quarter of the Black Wolf Renaissance. Here with my crew and some two very powerful brothers, and we're about to get into a very great episode, but I'm gonna let everybody else introduce themselves. Once again, once again, thank you everybody for coming out. I am Jalen, I'm another quarter of the Black Oak Renaissance podcast. Uh, really just excited to get this started, but I'll let my other brothers introduce themselves. What's good, everybody? It's your boy Kelly here. I'm another quarter of the Black Oak Renaissance podcast. I'm glad to have everybody here. Clap it up one time for yourself. What's up, what's up? It's your boy Jared, another fourth of the Black Wealth Renaissance. I just got to take care of, you know, the housekeeping duties before we get into it. Make sure y'all check out all our sponsors, Chase, Aspire, Pure, you know, I got to have RP College. Uh, RP okay. College, excuse me. And next person that's going to be introducing themselves is going to be one of our special guests. Let's get into it. I'm Jake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jake. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just excited to be here. Appreciate it. <laughs> Peace. My name is uh, Brother Ben X on this Black Tastic Day, and uh, I'm just here to serve. Ben, Jake, want to say thank the both of you for 
coming on to the podcast. Two powerful brothers, like I said, out here educating the community and the culture on ways to build wealth and really like sustainable black economics. So really just to kick it all off, for everybody that's not familiar with the both of y'all, right? Y'all both, Jake, you have a multi-million dollar business conglomerate. You got tech companies, you got media team that's doing this job right here, like this amazing job in the media team. Then you're, you got digital real estate, you team. The same. The same? They own the same companies. The same companies? Yeah. So y'all teammates, 50-50 partners. Yeah, that's what How did y'all come together? It's your turn. <laughs> I want to clarify, see this shit, the Lord didn't want you to have for me. Yeah, too much community. Lord, hey, it is. You know, uh, I want to clarify, Ben and I uh, own all those companies collectively. He and I met on a panel similar like this. Uh, at first, I didn't like Ben, and I don't think he liked me. Uh, short story, he was on a white couch, I'll never forget, it was like L-shaped couch, and I went to go sit down, and he got up, I looked at my wife, my wife looked at me, he goes and looks at the mirror, and starts, you know, working on his bow tie, I'm like, all right, it's a clip on, so you did too much work to do that. Working on a bow tie, and I said, hey, babe, she said, huh? I said, I think that brother got up when we sat down. And, uh, she said, you tripping? I said, nah, my spirit is telling me to be here. I said, so let's get up. So we got up. I said, just, just go get us something to drink. When you come back, we'll sit back down. So she left out. We stood up and sat back down. I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> she came back. I said, let's go sit down. We're going to sit in the middle of the couch. So we sat down. Ben got up. He went back to the uh, mirror. Did that? I said, "See, it's a clip on." I said, "Brother, I don't bite." He said, "Good to know." <laughs> and uh, we got on the panel, and he and I, um, we bonded from there. We, we, uh, he came on as a client for our financial firm first. Saw the information that we talked, and said, "You need to be online." Because at the time, we weren't even online. Um, and then he taught us digital real estate, and he made me actually learn it too. <laughs> uh, and from that point on, uh, we've been working together. You know, his uh, digital uh, prowess of using social media as a building your own like media hub uh, as actually a, a very big engine, and the reason why a lot of our companies were able to blow up as fast as they did. And so um, from that point on, he and I've been splitting the chicken ever since. <laughs> And to add to that, for anybody, I've been saying this recently, for anybody who wants to partner with somebody, it's not always about what you have. At that time, I had over half a billion views on Facebook already on my own. I already was making six figures on my own now. What I did with it, I don't know what I did with it, but the numbers was there. So when we met, as he said, I saw a need from what he was teaching that was a need in the community about life insurance, about you know, there's ways for you to buy wealth versus you trying to, you know, make all this money to earn your wealth. Um, and as somebody who's a sole provider or a man who's thinking about his family, this is what a lot of men in our community need. And we also need to know how to own our own private bank and, you know, withdraw the money tax free. So I said, let me take this to my audience, but I didn't come to the company with an idea. Many people got ideas and many people want to have meetings about meetings. So the first time, um, around the second time I met him, he was doing an in-person uh, presentation. 
and I brought my camera. He didn't know I was going to bring my camera. I was just going to come well, and watch it. But thing. I brought my camera, and after I brought the camera, uh, I filmed it. Went back and edited it, and then I put it out to my audience, and they loved it. So what I've been telling people, you know, stop bringing people ideas. Bring a result, because you can't argue with the results. So, you know, everybody has this great idea when you big. Everybody got these great ideas when you got an influence and, you know, you got this money or you got this company. But if you come in and actually transform how the company runs, eventually they got to give you some equity. Man, that's powerful. So, man, you got you to be thinking about a lot right now. So y'all came together and y'all started working together. And you said you started helping the audience understand these different ways that you can buy wealth, right? Through what Jake was teaching. Can we get into a few of those different ways? Like, how can you buy your wealth? Y'all see, he wanted to talk about the results part, but he didn't want to tell the story how we met. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, yeah, so a lot of people, um, we always, all of us, talk about building wealth for our family, right? Leaving generational wealth. And we are, you know, working extremely hard, working 60, 80 hours a week, you know, trying to create this business, right? That's going to be passed down to your children, not knowing statistics. Statistically speaking, only 20% of businesses get passed down from the first generation to the second. <clears throat> Statistically speaking, only 6% of businesses goes from the second generation to the third. Uh, I.e., your children don't want your business. <laughs> they don't want to do what you want to do. And it's the same thing. You don't want to do what your parents did before you. Uh, when we talk about generational wealth, we need to be talking about generational options. If my daughter or my son want to go around the world and write all day and draw, that should be an option that they have because that's what we're fighting for. And so we talk about buying or renting wealth until you earn your wealth. Life insurance is an easy solution. If you're saying that you're doing what you're doing to create generational wealth, just buy life insurance. It's simple. Rent life insurance with a term or buy it with a whole life insurance policy. Understand private banking like we teach. And then the generational part is done. Now you can take the pressure off of yourself from trying to create this generational wealth. You can teach your children how to, how to handle the inheritance when it comes or understand how trusts work. But in the meantime, now you can actually do your business not thinking like, y'all will pass it down to my children. Nine times out of 10, eight times out of 10 based on statistics, your children don't want to do what you do. So if you understand that going in, now you can say to your mind, let me just go ahead and get the things and put the things in place that can give them options. And what gives them options are equity and cash. That's what gives them assets. Assets, equity, and cash. Those are options. And so when I know that, I can say, okay, what's the easiest way to get access to assets and cash? Well, life insurance, I can buy it. It's pennies on the dollar. So when I just buy it, my children are already taken care of. Now I don't have to worry about my children. Now the only thing I gotta worry about is teaching them how to utilize it correctly, and I can actually take that pressure off myself and start building my wealth that I can actually enjoy today. So that's what we're doing. Man, that's some real heavy bars right there. And like, even getting to that point, what was the catalyst? What, what made you start wanting to operate in this fashion? And or what was the, the point when it clicked and it was like, life insurance is my solution for this generation of wealth? Good question. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? 
and a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, it was almost by happenstance. Uh, you know, growing up poor in the suburbs, I always say it's the worst, worst way to be. Uh, because you're in the suburbs, your friends that are from the hood, they got more money than you, they got all the J's, all the nice clothes. Then you're in the suburbs, which are poor. <laughs> you only got one pair of shoes, but everybody thinks because you're in the suburbs, you're supposed to be good, but you're on free lunch. And so in that space, I feel like that spectrum is a hard space to be. And I saw firsthand what finances and stress does to a body. I literally saw my father's body completely break down because of the stress of finances. And long story short, teaching finances uh, since 2012, and I got recruited by a guy in a Starbucks in Mesquite, Texas. And uh, he had cowboy boots on, cowboy hat on, uh, from Dallas, you probably already know who his brother is. And he recruited me into his company and he showed me the power of what life insurance could do. I didn't like it because it was a salesy company. I feel like there was more strategy that can be added to it. And um, as I began to kind of get more and deep into the insurance, I realized that life insurance that we know ain't the life insurance that the wealthy play. See, they taught us if you go look at stuff, if you go look online, you can look at Jim Crow life insurance rates, a PDF, um, an article written by Mary Heen. You will know that they purposely sold us debt insurance, not life insurance. What I mean by that is they sold us life insurance that only covers you if you die. That's why it don't make sense to us black folk. We're like, wait a minute. You know, I'm getting full coverage insurance, but it only covers me if I die. That ain't making no sense to me. But if you look at you go to the FDIC, you go look at the assets and liabilities ledger of these banks. You go to line 41 on their asset, on their asset ledger, you'll realize Bank of America puts $22 billion inside of insurance policies. They're not waiting on people to die, they need access to the capital. So there's clearly something about life insurance that we're not taught. And inside of that, there's a cash reserve that you can actually get guaranteed 4% every year, plus get dividends on top of that, and you can borrow against it without ever um, putting your actual capital at risk. So when you understand the wealth game, people that are wealthy don't actually like risks. People that are wealthy actually like guarantees, things that we know for a fact can actually make something happen. Here's why. Because your business is already risky. So why would I invest into more risky things or risky assets when my whole business is risky? And so when I'm looking at building wealth, I want to find guaranteed ways that can generate and grow my wealth, especially if my business that I'm or endeavor that I'm in already incurs so much risk. So we play the risk-risk game, right? It's almost like we're shooting, shooting dice, right? <laughs> double up, double up, double up. And some people actually execute and win but for the most part, you look at the long-term effects, a lot of people win today but lose tomorrow. And I would, I would much rather lose today or seem like I'm losing today so that I can win tomorrow. And so that's kind of the long answer of how I got into insurance. I start finding out the real truth about insurance, and then I begin to start educating myself, uh, using it on myself, and then going out there and start teaching people how to truly leverage insurance for wealth and actually start dumping extra cash in there because the money that goes inside your policy, most people don't know, you can access it within 31 days and you can borrow against the money, they still gonna pay you 4 to 8% and you're using their money almost free. 
See, these are games that we don't even understand. If you don't know the game, you don't even know the questions to ask. So the insurance policies that you're speaking of, they're not termed like insurance. Absolutely not. So what are, what are these insurance policies called? They're called dividend paying whole life insurance policies. Um, you don't want to deal with companies that are publicly traded. Because a publicly traded company actually has uh, legal, that have legal interest in the shareholders before the customers. So if you're looking at talking about putting your money in any place, any place that has that's publicly traded, they have to look at their shareholders before they look at the value of you. So we only deal with with our insurance firm, uh, Shandalyn's back there in the back. She's the co-CEO of our financial firm. Um, but we only work with the mutual companies. These are companies that are owned by the policyholders. When you get a policy, you're a part owner in that insurance company. Um, and those are the companies that we like to work with. And those are the only things that we kind of deal with. And then there's like IULs, but that's second tier to actually the things that can give you the guarantees. And I, I, I kind of want to switch gears real quick. I know uh, we've been, we've been hitting with a lot of questions. I want to ask uh, Tony something that brother Ben over there. <laughs> so I know when you were talking about the story when y'all first got started and first met, um, y'all started and you did more of the digital side and brought that piece to it or added that element to it. Can you talk to us a little bit more as far as about digital real estate and how you built that and, and what that actually is? Because I know a lot of people aren't as familiar. So I got to always start from the beginning. So I was born in prison and I got 21 biological brothers and sisters. And I only have seen, I only know of seven of them. One, because I saw them on Facebook from searching the uh, death certificate a couple years ago. Six, two of them I met at my biological father's funeral, which is the first time I ever saw him, which was in his castle. The other four I knew kind of often, or I used to go visit them in East Texas, and we spent time together growing up. So the reason I went all the way back there because uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us that how we are born and shaped in the womb kind of determines our purpose and helps lead us into our purpose. So as I recently started to think about my mother being in a prison, the thoughts that she's probably having in the prison is freedom. The thoughts that she's probably having in prison is, prison is liberation getting out. So I think for me as I discovered and found my purpose, uh, it was just second nature for me to be in a position to where I wanted to see my people free from the imprisonment of the mind that we was put in. So that is the root of digital real estate. So I teach people, don't focus on passive income, focus on passive impact. Because the more people that you impact, the more income will come. And so as I began to grow, I started off playing basketball, doing skits. Then once I joined the nation, I actually had something to actually teach. But People started to see my growth because I've been documenting since 2010. So documentation is a very critical piece to this. Um, so as people saw me grow, I got up to over half a billion views. I got terminated on my YouTube channel at 40 million views. It's back up to over 6 million in less than two years. Um, my, my, I got over a million followers on Facebook, over 300 some thousand followers on Instagram. And it's due to me finding out what value I can give to the community. So how I end up growing is I will go under somebody else's page and if somebody asks them a question that I can answer, they're probably too big to answer, I will go answer which will lead them to me. 
But I got so much content over here, I done built up my house so much that when you come, I got somewhere for you to actually live. So the concept of digital real estate is, everybody was saying you gotta have real estate to be successful. Everybody gotta get into digital, uh, I mean, real estate, get to some property. I kinda got into wholesaling around this time. And then I started to think about it, what is real estate for? They were saying that you gotta you know, borrow money from the bank, Build these physical homes so that you can get what residual income, right? Get your monthly. You pay the mortgage, you charge them an extra three hundred, and you get your little bread, right? So you want to get you ten properties. Well, I start to say, well, I got over a thousand. I got over two thousand properties. You may say how? Well, if every video that I produce online is getting residual income, that's a digital property to me. So it may take you six months to build a physical home. It took me six minutes to build my digital home, and I'm making more money than you. And all I gotta do is repost it again, I get more money coming in. So in the digital real estate realm or, or world, you know, let me ask y'all this question. If you build the greatest mansion on earth that everybody wanted, the moment that a family occupies it, can you continue to promote it and get people to live there? No. But if I do a, the, the greatest digital property to where somebody wants to, they like my course or they like my platform. I don't care how many of y'all in here follow me. I don't care how many of y'all on here is subscribed to it. I can get more families to come in on a daily basis. So digital real estate is so real. There's a page called Dequan. Y'all seen that Dequan channel yeah. comedy page? It sold for $80 million. Damn. Yeah. That's real digital real estate. Sold for $80 million. So with me, I started off doing my skits, then I started to teach and so how I develop my course is this, and I would advise y'all to really think about this. As you are getting asked questions, allow your audience and your students to give you your curriculum. So some of us, we know so much or we think we know certain things that I'm going to teach them what I think they need to know. No, you need to do what, what they're telling you need to know. What, what do you mean, Brother Ben? If they ask him in a conversation, Brother Ben, how did you do that video with the words at the top? I'm going to tell you, but I'm also writing it down. Brother Ben, how do you get it to where, man, you live streaming on Facebook and YouTube at the same time? I'm going to teach you on live, but I'm going to write that down. So now instead of me teaching you because I'm already so advanced something, I may be overstepping that you don't know nothing about hashtags. I may be overstepping that you don't know nothing about DMing. So what, based on what you're asking me and what you're DMing me, I'm putting the curriculum together. So first, the curriculum for my course is called I'm Money. And the reason I call it I'm Money is because money is a what? Medium of exchange of value. Well, I'm a medium of exchange of value. You know, I don't care if it's Bitcoin, gold, silver. I don't care if it's a bottle top. If you got bottle top, but I got something valuable and I'm an asset, you're going to give me some gold. You're going to give me that cryptocurrency. So I don't care what you save money in. So as long as you are an asset and you're valuable, you're going to get that. Then I changed it over to pay to lead because I wanted to share, uh, share with leaders that, yeah, you're a leader, but don't let nobody trick you into thinking that just because you won't, you got to be broke. Yeah, people used to, uh, you know, scam. Yeah, people used to take advantage of the people that they was teaching. But if you're really offering value to the people, why can't you get paid? Rappers can get paid. Jesus said he came and have life and give us life more abundantly. If I'm going to be a lender and not the borrower, how am I going to do that bro? How am I going to feed the needy and the poor and I ain't got no money? So I said, well, let me start this course called Pay to Lead. And then once I made it digital real estate, because the way I broke it down, well, we actually came up with the name together on the podcast, well, if I got to pay Facebook this fee, that's just like me paying land taxes. If I got to pay YouTube this fee, that's just like me having to pay land taxes. Then sometimes we got group economics, right? Man, you put your five up, y'all quarters, right? You put your quarter up, you put your quarter up, and we're going to go get this house together. 
Well, we did the same thing with a page called Men's Viewpoint. All of us came together. Instead of putting money up, we put time up. Mm. So we put up all the video properties, and guess how much money we made in one month? About 2020 in April. $67,000 in one month paid from Facebook. We didn't sell one product. We didn't sell one service. All of us put our energy and time together producing videos that we didn't even have to put our face on. We curated the content. And uh, through group economics, I mean, we made more money than people that spent all that money put into a physical home. They may get five hundred here, six hundred dollars here, but we got sixty-seven thousand dollars from the comfort of our home, building our digital house in about take about six minutes to do. Man, that's a powerful collaboration right there. Yeah, yeah, man, that's that's a powerful collaboration. That's collaboration over competition all day, man, Ben. So one thing I don't want to pass over, you said you had already built up an audience, right? One thing people always scared of is losing their audiences on social media. We was talking about that with somebody earlier, like uh, somebody's page got deleted and they, like, they lost their audience. That happened to you. For somebody that happens to, how do you rebuild? Because I think a lot of people, they, they hold on to it and they think that it's impossible to do, but you've done it and you've done it at a high level. So, you know, for me, I, you know, I always have to have a, a spiritual counterpart to anything physical. Anything that God has blessed me with to build, you know, if it's lost, I can get it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, what I did. The same thing that I did to build it, I just did the same thing to build it back up. But it taught me a lesson. Um, I should have been had my email list. Mm-hmm. I should have been had my text list. I should have been had maybe some pixels set up. But... You know, you can't deny value. So, you know, you may not know where I'm at, but when I start adding value and people start to share it, you know, they'll come back around. Mm-hmm. So what I've been teaching here recently, I just did a master class the other day, is build up your own digital real estate. Like, don't become at the mercy of Facebook, Instagram, and, and those type of things. Get your own website. This is why we have BizScope. We got our own uh, technology to where we, can, yeah, where we can you know, build your website, we can do your phones, we can do your email lists and things of that nature. So use them. So the minister puts it this way. The still away method. So this is how he advises us to get off of our job. Instead of us saying, the black man is powerful, I'm finna quit today. And you be on the side of the road talking about the black man broken him up. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what you want to do is, you want to, as my brother Derek Gray say, infiltrate uh, educate and vacate. So once you get in, educate yourself. Start to study the operations of those who we're working for and then steal away, not stealing boxes like, like Greg did, but what you want to do is you want to steal away so if you got some extra money over here, put it on the side for your marketing. If you get the extra money over here, put it on the side for branding. Find you somebody that you can hire. Then once this job is able to sustain you, then you quit. Well, that same concept we can use in social media. Yeah, I might go viral on YouTube, but did I get my call to action? Y'all may go viral on Facebook. Did I get my call to action to where I can text somebody? Yeah. I just did a, um, a class. How many of y'all Instagram and Facebook were shut down last week when y'all couldn't get on? Good message somebody, right? That was everybody. But I, I, I was talking to my people. Cause it was on my text list. So my books came in. I got a, a book that's coming out. I text everybody, hey, y'all, the books is in. Record a video of it. Over 2,000 people on my list that I can directly talk to. So I would say start right now if you haven't. Build your own list right now. It's going to be very important. Yes, you can utilize social media. It is a great, powerful tool. But utilize it so you can get it on your own database. Facebook makes a lot of money because of the data that they have. 
Facebook is getting paid billions and millions of dollars because of the data that they can have. It's no mistake or no coincidence when you're searching on YouTube for something and you come to Facebook and they target you in the same way you're looking for, right? That's because they study our behaviors. What are we doing to study the behaviors? What are we doing to capture the leads and capture the information? So that's what I would say. Um, and if anybody is discouraged if their page has been taken down, I'll say it this way. When you build out with, with value, there's nothing to worry about. Now, if you're a one-hit wonder, you got a video that just accidentally went viral, then you, you might got something that you need to worry about. <laughs> but but if, you got, if you got content, if you got that real value in digital real estate, they'll always come back because, like I said, you a need. You I want to become that. a need to work. When I wake up in the morning, I got to see where the next posted. And when I'm gone, I'm going to really feel gone. It's like, you know, if you, had, if you had a side woman or a side dude, you know how you was in high school. If they really wasn't valuable to you, if they leave or something, they go to another school, you ain't true. But let it be somebody that really poured into you, somebody that really helped you out and helped you grow, then you're going to go find them wherever they go, right? And so that's the same thing with your, with your social media. Appreciate it. Man, Ben, you're over there preaching, bro. Like, <laughs> and I'm glad that way that you're breaking it down because it's really, really simple and really, really easy to follow. Even the way that you compared it, you know, just a digital to an actual real estate. And uh, I even want to talk about some of the ways that you can place yourself because a lot of people, once again, it's basically billboards and all this other stuff that you can really just target in ways that can help you grow. So, like, what are some of the ways that you saw was the most effective for you? Maybe is it Instagram or is it YouTube uh, or maybe is it for a certain type of person? Uh, maybe if you're not as verbal, uh, would like to do videos, would you suggest someone going to a place like Twitter or Pinterest or making TikToks and stuff like that? Um, I'm going to be real quick. So on Facebook, that's where I got my large audience, uh, large audience over, over half a billion. You might be, might be a billion. I need to stop saying it. Probably a billion by now because there's so many, uh, they can't even calculate it at this point. So on Facebook, this is what I did. Uh, again, value, right? There's a page that had over a million followers. It was called Urban Intellectuals. So on Urban Intellectuals, they got uh, they got a million followers, but they needed content. So they go do a blog on somebody else's content. So they got something that I need, but guess what? I got something that they need. I don't got no money to pay you. I don't got the following, but I do got content that you can use. So what I said was, hey, I'm going to create the content for you. I do the current events about the black community. Put your logo on my video so if anybody takes it down and it goes viral on their page, y'all still got the brand. So now when you post me on your Facebook page, tag me. Tag my YouTube and tag my Facebook. Y'all got the follow. So as I'm impacting people that's who fall in love with my personality, that's how I grew on my Facebook. And on Facebook, all you got to do is hit share, right? It's easy to go viral, especially if it's some, some shocking content or a current event. Things like that go viral a lot faster. So that's how I grew on my Facebook with, you know, hella consistency. On YouTube, YouTube is the second largest search engine. Make sure y'all write that down. The reason I'm saying that is because a lot of people post a YouTube video and say, making cookies today. Who <laughs> Googling that? Sound funny, right? But right, who, ain't nobody Googling that. Say, uh, nigga in the studio going in. <laughs> hey, ain't nobody Googling that, right? So if you put something that people, I'm telling you, if you put something that people are actually searching for, that's what's gonna make you get discovered. That's what's gonna make you show up on the on the uh, you know suggested list. So even myself, if I'm going live, I'm not gonna put 
Brother Ben X Live. Brother Ben X Live on how to make money online. What's the key word? Yes, there's people that are searching for me, but the real key word is how to make money online. Then I might put how to make money online. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. 
six pieces of currency in the day for your babies, and six pieces of currency for our company babies. I'm talking about, and I was looking at me and his eyes like this. <laughs> he falling asleep on live, doing what he has to do. And what I wanted to do, and I, and I always teach this in business, is you want to find a way to replace yourself. As long as the business is personality driven or skill set driven based on you or your efforts, your business can only go as far as you. So if you try to remove yourself from the business, but the business is dependent on you, that will show you how strong or stable your company is. And so I love that brother, let me tell you something, brother Ben. Brother Ben, listen, his timeline is, I want it done, I want to do it now, I can do this. That's him. And so it took us about a year and a half, that's why I told y'all, y'all do. Uh, it took us about a year and a half to actually get Ben to say, okay, I'll do a process, I'll let it go through. But if it don't come back to me about 24 hours, I'm doing myself. But he began to see as we put time into our staff and team, as we begin to find people who are already capable. See, there's a difference between willing and capable. Willing is somebody that says, I'm willing to help you because of your spotlight. I'm willing to help you because I can just figure it out and I can learn as you go. And a lot of us hire willing people, but they're not capable. See, people who are capable already have skill sets for the solutions of your problem. They already have that. See, I can train somebody who's capable, but it's hard to deal with somebody who's just willing. And so what we had a trouble with in the beginning was everybody wanted to, they're willing to help other people. But they, 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 they weren't really capable. They didn't know I did. That's right, no, that's right. <laughs> and so um, all we did was we began to start looking for people who had the skill set but needed some time on the development side. Needed some time on working with the team. Needed some time to understand Ben. So when y'all look at our, our EPS media company, the media company is literally Ben's brain just spread out amongst the entire team. So we literally just duplicated Ben with the team and found all the things he did well and then found people who could fulfill each of those things because just to replace Ben, you need eight people. Listen, they're gonna laugh. This is a fact. Just to replace being, you need eight people. And so, because we know that, I'm like, okay, what can we do to be able to duplicate them and then find people who can be skilled and they're gifted in those spaces? And then all of those people will be able to replace what he can do by himself and he can begin to grow like that. So, that's how we kind of grew that ABS media a team. It was just a department at first. Um, but now they're an entire company. Um, it started off being in-house, duplicated being so he didn't work so hard. Then it came to be, y'all are, y'all are really good. Uh, y'all need to be helping other people. Um, and then that's when we made it a company and they got their own CEO, COO. Y'all raise your hand. Uh, Marquis and Seven. Uh, and Marquis, our COO, drove from Florida. Uh, without telling us, uh, and then popped up in the city and was like, yo, you know what I mean? I already got my apartment complex uh, here full time. And um, everybody kind of has a story on our media team, uh, like like um, like story AP right here. Uh, he hit my DM for six months straight, and he took DM. He hit both of our DMs for six months straight. 
uh, uh, wanting to come work with us. He was the biggest head, you know. Uh, he, we, he quit twice. Either we fired him once, he quit the other ones, or he quit twice. I don't know what it was. But, but it was a lot. Um, and then uh, Bobo was our first uh, actual hire, and he quit too. Uh, because when you work with somebody that is at their at their top level and what they do, everybody else is hard for people to kind of understand his grind. And so when we first created the media team, we were trying to get one person to do what Ben does. And Ben does what people can do. So when we realized that, we began to start finding talented people that can fill that gap. And then from there, when you find a department that's doing extremely well, you deploy them off because the best the, the best thing to get talented people is to give them equity and ownership. And so we the only ones eating real good, and you, you can't keep good top talent if you don't offer them a piece of the pie. So we created our, uh, an entire company and said, listen, y'all keep equity and ownership now. We won't cover the base because y'all are, we're going to use y'all as a service to us now. But now y'all got to go figure out what y'all are going to do as a collective to go keep more deals. And so that's kind of how we built the media team, and that's why, because he was overloaded, but he not scared of work, so we got, you know, we got to, we got to get them together. Yeah, for sure. Um, <coughs> to add to the beautiful story, uh, it was a lot of, it was a lot of tension. Uh, it was a lot of time. Um, a, a, a lot of them having to actually build and us being able to create the environment for self-development. Mm -hmm. Because in our community, I think a lot of us focus on business, not knowing that it's the mindset, the trauma that we've been through, the past that we've been through that's actually stopping us from being successful in business. So a lot of times, you know, it may be a little ego struggle going on. You know, a lot of times it may be, you know, something needs to be turned in and Damn, man, I ain't even got it, so I'm gonna stop responding. And communication had to get better. We had to get better at communicating. We had to get better at how to actually communicate. I had to get a lot better at, as he said, allowing them to grow. Mm -hmm. Because I'm the type of person, if I wanna done at 12, and if I'm, you know, I ain't getting no notification at 1155, I'll do it, and then I'm gonna do an extra 10 <laughs> to, show yeah, that, yeah. to show you that, man. Like you can see, yeah, I like to do this. So that's actually really one time why I got like 11 videos and like, Couple hours, like I know this. Yeah, editing. If I had to go search for the clips and everything, and have it done. So, but that I had to learn how to do that. I had to learn how to allow them to grow into a certain position, and it has been beautiful to see them kind of mold into place. At first, we didn't necessarily have a division for them. It was just the media team. But now we start to find. Okay, she's for the graphics. Okay, he. He, if I want an animation on the video, I gotta ask him. If I want the nice trailer, I gotta ask him. So. It took a lot of time growing, developing, and and, and and so anybody who's trying to build a business, I don't want you to think it's just all oh, it's gonna be super easy, it's gonna be hard. It's it's, it's you know, it's a, at first it's all men. You know, we actually still got only one woman. So uh, that that that's gonna be a thing, you know, uh, taking directions, you know, uh, it's a thing. Uh, we had one brother I think had a problem with taking directions from somebody who was a lot younger than him. Um, it's going to be a trial to get somebody to submit to the way that you do it. So it's, it's a lot of self-development and mindset shifting and mindset development that I think uh, took a lot of, uh, I think, helped out with our media team and really our whole company because we start off doing self-development in the morning. We get up, we watch some inspirational, we listen to some inspirational. 
uh, motivational, uh, self-development-wise to where now everybody giving in and buying in, and we kind of build a culture to kind of hold each other accountable. And we got to have those, you know, tough conversations. And as we had those tough conversations, got used to them, and, and kind of was getting over the kinks, then it became the media team that we see today. Because as he said, it wasn't always uh, like this. You know, now we know uh, it's been time. We done been filming the whole mic was on. And I'm mad in the mug. <laughs> I, thought I, said, I thought I said so good and I came back to the So yeah, man, a lot of mistakes, man. Go, 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 go for the mistakes. And, and, and remember, the minister said adversity is the mother of creativity. So don't duck the difficulty. The more we face the difficulty and look at the lessons that we overcame when we overcome, that's going to make us a totally different human being and company in the long run. So this is going to go into like the last kind of question type statement, just because I'm looking at the time. But out of what y'all just said, like, there's one thing that really just stood out to me is the fact that through y'all just giving y'all all going out there really providing value you're not able to empower a team of people to do some stuff that's great. And once again, y'all some young black men allowing a full team of black media people like just doing some great stuff, excelling really well, and you're empowering them to go out, like you said, and help other people as well. Because I don't know if without y'all two, a lot of these people might not have been even connected. A lot of these people might have not even had to really, you know, go out there and say, okay, I really want to go out here and do this. I really want to pursue this media stuff. So I just wanted to get into, like, how owning a business allows us to actually empower our community and continue to grow as well. Let me start by saying this. A lot of us have been disenfranchised and beat down so long that we have developed slave master syndrome. Uh, slave master syndrome says, um, I'm at the top, you're at the bottom. I'm going to do as I say, when I say, because it's my way. Um, and in our community specifically, just keeping the buck, we actually are, one of, uh, are, are equal to our, uh, uh, to our to other demographics and paying ourselves almost low to nothing. And when you look at value, you cannot keep somebody of value if you're not willing to cut the check and show that you value them. And one of the things that a lot of us, especially in our community, because we've been uh, uh, separated from positions of power, we like position and power more than we like empowering. And I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to be powerful. I want people to know. This is my company and my thing. And I would be honest to say, this is a, you know, the word God says, people do cross daily. This is a daily struggle that uh, that we deal with and, and you know, stand from my company from our company. Because those small things keep very, very, very talented people from wanting to be with you long term. And what we found out through, our, through us researching on our own is that a lot of people actually want to build with other people. As long as they know that they're being valued, you see me, and I'm going to be compensated or given equity based on the value that I bring to the organization. And so a lot of times what happens, we start companies where we want to be the big woman, big man on block. 
But you don't give no other opportunities for somebody who can't even transcend your company to be able to be at the same table that you all get the same equity that you have. And so I think that as we create these companies, you cannot keep talent if you're not willing to give a piece of the pie. And I would much rather own 2% of a company that does a billion dollars um, than own 100% of a company that ain't doing nothing but 50,000 a year. Yeah, you the CEO of yourself. Yeah, the reason why you're making 100,000 a year is because you're doing nine jobs. You're the accountant, you're the marketer, you're the cashier, uh, you're the salesperson, you're the product development, uh, you're doing you accounting, you're your own lawyer, because y'all be using a rocket lawyer talking about I got a lawyer. Uh, uh, you're your own brand manager, you're doing all those things talking about make 100,000. No, ma'am, no, sir. You do not make 100,000. You actually make 20 to 25,000 a year. You just happen to do eight to nine jobs. And so when I look at those value adds, we're talking about completely transcending or create value. We got a lot of people that are starting businesses, not, not but not building companies. See, a business is just transaction, is just transaction of service. I anybody can do business, right? A business is if I want your glasses and I got two dollars, you willing to sell it? Two dollars glasses, that's business. Company says I want to empower other people, not for myself, but to replace myself. An organization is an organism that's supposed to duplicate me even without you. And so if I understand that understanding, I know that I'm building an organization that's supposed to supersede me, not just be with me when I'm alive. And so when I know that, that we're building these companies, we need more of our black minority businesses to create companies and corporations more than just doing business to fill our pockets. Now you want to make mistakes. I have too, and I've done a bunch of mistakes that I've made. But as long as your intention is to put other people on and give them opportunities to excel for themselves, you know, my papa said, told, uh, my papa told me, you know, that you ain't a billionaire until you develop more billionaires. You know, you, you're not a hundred thousandaire until you create more people that make a hundred thousand dollars. And one of the things I prided myself on was that, um, you know, we were one of the top paid uh, independent companies uh, in the country. Uh, not only were we the top paid independent companies in the uh, countries, uh, companies in the country, um, but our people actually have opportunities for equity. So that we can say it's our company, this is our thing, this is what we have collectively together. And those are the things that we should be focusing on when you're talking about focusing on building a business. Everybody talks about doing for self and not doing for others. And what Ben talks about all the time is impact over income. If I want my business to supersede past me, I got to ask myself, is, am I giving everybody the option to be able to add value and be able to be seen for the value that they give? And we understand that, we'll realize that a lot of us ain't really doing company. You're the CEO, but you ain't running no company. You're the CEO of a business by yourself with five people that's gonna be by yourself again because you haven't made room for them. And if people can't see that there's room for them to grow like you, see if your goal for a business is a billion dollars, and my goal is to make a million dollars, you already lost it. You just want to make a billion, and I want to make a million. There is no way for me to be in your business if you just want to cop that out a billion dollars. But if I understand, I want to make, uh, uh, I want to have impact to help help impact a billion people. Now I can see myself in your vision. I can see myself in your company. 
and I can see myself being with you long term. So a lot of us got to get out of that doing business and then start building companies so that we can find more talented people that want to come and work with us and not just for us for a short period of time. You know, the scripture said, ye are all gods, children of the most high God. Then there was a part in the scripture that said, don't you know that you are the real temple of God and that the spirit dwells within you? So if God works through human beings, I'm not going to be here forever. You know, we have a finite body, but there's an infinite wisdom that we have in us as well. So the same way that a, a father lives on through the through the womb, through his children, with his mother, uh, for the sisters who say, well, I can't get pregnant, for the brothers who may be impotent, he, man, they can't produce nothing. Well, you can produce a thought and give a thought to somebody and impregnate their mind to produce something that if they never heard from you, if they never got that idea from you, then they never would have been able to do it. So you're actually living on through that truth. You're living on through that actual human being. So for me, if I would like to be kind of like God, if I would like to be like the Father, then I would duplicate myself. So same way Jesus would say, amen. Uh, was, he was asking Jesus one time, man, when are we going to see the Father? He said, man, I've been among you all this time and you ain't seen the Father. Me and my Father are one. What are you saying? Well, if he said that the media team is my mind, then we have to take our mind and put it in somebody else's. We have to take our thoughts and put it in somebody else's mind. So when you see the media team and you say, man, why am I going to be in that? And they'll be able to say, man, I've been among you all this time and you ain't seen me. So that's how I think that when I think about building out ministry. I like that answer. So now we'll take a few questions from the live stream and the audience. Um, anybody that got questions for Jake and Ben, say we can start with one from the live stream. What we got? Okay. Um, I'm going to butcher this name. Jiminy's Curtis says, how should we go about teaching this to the, to the younger generation so that it sticks while keeping their attention as far as the information being portrayed? And I guess I would kind of translate that as, okay, you guys are teaching a lot of things, you're getting a lot of value, but most of it is probably being portrayed as information that's for entrepreneurs or people that are like mid-20s and up. So in what way can we teach this to the children, the teenagers, and how can we like, further portray that message? The scripture says that your gift will make room for you and bring you amongst great men. So digital real estate or what I'm doing with speaking, that's just my gift. So I'm not necessarily trying to tell you to do the exact same thing that I'm doing, but I want to give you some principles and the mindset that you can use to implement it in your business and take you to a high level. Uh, I know I keep going to the scripture, so if y'all, you know, hey, Amen. it is what it is. But when, Jesus, when Jesus saw Peter, Peter was just fishing. But Jesus didn't say, say, man, let me show you, let me make you a shell. Mm -hmm. He didn't say, hey, man, let me uh, make you one of cold basketball players. What did he say? I want to make you a fish of men. So he didn't change what he was doing. He saw his gift. He saw what he was naturally good at, and he just helped develop him. So we're doing this for the youth. I don't think we should go in trying to make them something because I think that's where a lot of adults go wrong. You're trying to live your life through the child. Your mama trying to live her life through you. Daddy trying to live his life through you because he couldn't become a doctor or my son going to be a doctor. Because he couldn't become an NFL or a basketball player or my son going to be an athlete. How about let's ask him, let's ask her what she want to do and go find the proper help to help develop what God has already put inside of him. So that's how I would do it. Thank you. Thank you. Um,
Jake has mentioned previously that he didn't jive with Brother Ben at first when they met. Seeing them grow together in this last year and a half as brothers, what would they say has facilitated that growth? Um, what I would say uh, is a job, job too. <laughs> <laughs> right uh, what I would say, we didn't, when I say that I wasn't rocking with him, it was just based on my perspective without context of who he is. Um, and a lot of us, we miss out on very valuable people in our life because we judge them based on a perspective that is limited, that lacks context. Um, um, but as he and I began to develop, we realized although he's a Muslim and I am a Christian, we have the same mission. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And uh, we got committed to the mission, not necessarily the rituals or practice of our religion. Um, he is an introvert, extrovert. I'm an extrovert, introvert. And so understanding the mission first and then falling in love with the mission is easy to fall in love with a man that's falling in love with the same mission. And so that's what we committed to. Now what I will say is, do we have uh, a balance as brothers? Absolutely. Uh, uh, we, we argue almost every day. Uh, some days are worse than others. Uh, we just get out of a storm. <laughs> but what I will say is that um, as long as you focus on the mission, and the mission is money, money is a scoreboard to the value that you bring to society. So if you're lacking on income, you need to check your value, the value that you bring or the offer of that value. But the mission should be, how can I move God's people forward? What value can I bring to society that will allow for somebody to get better and in turn uh, do the same for somebody else based on their gift? So for me, it was easy for me to fall in love with Brother Ben because of the mission. I didn't really care about what, you know, he was in the nation of Islam. I didn't know what it was. I didn't care that he was a Muslim, but I knew that because we were connecting in the mission, I realized we were speaking the same thing with different languages. And a lot of us, we stop talking to people because of color, or we start talking to people because their language is different. If he speaks Spanish and I speak English, we may say love differently, but it's the same thing to different languages. But if I don't get to know him, I don't know that he is speaking the same languages that I do. And so that's how, for me, I began to uh, uh, start falling in love with Brother Ben as a brother. Ditto. That's 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 Ditto. There we go. All right, so we'll take a couple questions from the live audience as well. Does anybody have any questions for Jacob Ben? Okay, Marquand. Okay, uh, I need like real life example for something like this, right? Ben, if you were to take all the footage that you got from today, how would you monetize it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, I would take the full thing and resell it. 
Of course, I would take clips from what was said, individual questions that was answered, put it on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, um, and tell them they can get the full footage at a certain price. I could develop a course from what we said today. How did two brothers build out a company? And then I would, like, if it was like, if I'm on stage and I wanted to monetize this myself, I would take the questions and then expand on. So what I actually talked about when I talked about videos, y'all talk about making videos, but you don't know the app that I use. You don't know the website. So inside the course, I'm gonna give you some more detail on how to actually do it. Then later, what I do is after all the sales have came through, then I'll probably release it on YouTube at a later date and get the YouTube ads. Then I'm gonna take some of the clips from the answers that's one minute or longer because my IGTV is monetized. Put it on IGTV and get some IGTV ads. Then I'm gonna take it, uh, every video that was over one minute, every clip that was over one minute, I'm gonna put that on my Facebook and get some Facebook ads. And then, yeah, I'm gonna just keep getting them ads, man. And then the more, uh, and then as time goes on, those same videos, as time moves forward and I get more followers, I'm gonna repost it or reshare it to get more ads to come in. Then on my IGTV, if I notice something happens, and let's say something happened in business, but we kind of answered it on this panel. I reshare the same IGTV video to my story or just strip it down and literally repost it. Maybe add some commentary to it. Say, I already talked about that uh, October, whatever today is, and then get some more um, IGTV ads. So that's kind of how I would do it. It's probably some more stuff I do as well, but that's how I would do it. You call it the digital real estate stuff, man. I'd rather give you 10 ways to make money off just this. Yeah. You gotta use some of that. I don't know. It's already you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. One more question. So, for those who are struggling to find out what their gift or what their niche is, what do you suggest for them to do? And also, what are the key principles that you want everybody to take away from here today? Are you struggling? <laughs> um, somewhat, but not quite. My husband and I have our own business together, but he's the head, you know, so I just, I provide support for him. I usually do this better if he was really struggling. I can really bring it out of here. But I, I'll say this, um, find the best three things that you feel like you are good at and write them down. Maybe five, right? Let's say it's five. I, I usually ask, typically ask somebody, what's the top five thing that you're really good at that comes naturally? Because a lot of us got gifts, we just have been having a gift so naturally that we don't see it as a gift because of low self-esteem, because we don't want to talk about ourselves, because we doubt ourselves, or because we just straight up hate ourselves. So then I would say, now, out of those five things, I want you to take two of them off. Then they kind of like, dang, man, we still going to take off. So now they're left with three. So it may be boom, boom, boom. Then I would say, all right, if you had to take one more off, which one would it be? And I take that one off, and they think that's it. Then I'll say, all right, now, I want you to take one more off. Because now, listen, when I first asked them what they good at, they say, I don't know. What's your gift? I don't know. And then once I ask them those questions, we get down to the top thing, they literally told me what they're good at and what their gift is. But because we're so used to saying, I don't know, we're so used to denying our own gift, denying our own self, we don't even realize it. That's our natural response. So once you get down to that one thing, I say, well, what is a gift? A gift is something that, for those who still celebrate Christmas, if I was to give you a Christmas gift, right? And I said, no, that'd be $9.99. <laughs> You'd be like, dang, man, this ain't no gift. So I'm asking, what are you willing to give that you don't have to get paid for? 
Videos, I'm gonna make videos every day whether if I'm paid for it or not. Trust me, it's gonna be 10 up tomorrow. Facts. <laughs> I'm gonna speak, I'm gonna teach whether somebody's paying me or not. So that's what I feel like my gift is, and really the gift is to be able to deliver a word in a way for people to understand because I don't like big words. And probably because I didn't take English class that well, but I can speak in a way where I can read about it. I might say like a mug, but you know exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> so that's my gift. So for me, that's my thing. So what is your thing? And then not just something that you're good at, but what are you good at that benefits not only you and your family, but humanity? Because the first gift came from the God. The first gift came from a lot of universe, the whole school, uh, stardust, whatever y'all believe in, right? So that's the first gift that you got to think about. What have I been given that I didn't necessarily have to pay for? See, when I played basketball, I'm good at basketball, but I paid hard, blood, sweat, and tears to develop that skill. But what did he bless me with? What was I blessed with that I naturally had? And so now I have them discover that. And uh, it usually always works. So I, I make them put those five things down, make them say they're good at something. Then we narrow it down, and then we're going to prioritize. I'm not saying you're not good at those other things, but this is the top thing. And really, if you think about that top thing and focus on impacting people with the top thing, then all these other things will kind of be fulfilled in the process. So one of my goals was to retire my mom, get land, all these different things. But another thing was to have a product and businesses. After I got the business, I've now retired my mom and now we got over 500 acres of land under contract. So I was focused on the priorities and then everything else comes. So I would say, think about this. The scripture talks about the greatest among you will be a servant. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all of his righteousness. Then all these things will be added to you. So I don't want you to think about a gift that I'm just good and they can get views. How can I impact somebody? How can I impact 10,000 people? I tell people all the time, oh, I want to make $10,000 a month. Change that goal to I want to impact 10,000 people. I guarantee you, if you impact 10,000 people, not only will you have 10,000, you will have more than 10,000. So if we change our focus, then you can see how can I best impact this person. Then you will see, oh, I'm a healer. Oh, I can clip a toenail good or whatever the clay case may be. You will start to develop what your gift is when you think about the other person versus thinking about, you know, yourself. And so if I have to give any principle, it will have to be what I teach my students. Focus on passive impact, not passive income, because the more people you impact, the more income will come. And what I mean by passive income is this. You know, they say if you get a property, that's residual income that you're not working for. Well, as I impact y'all, what is my passive impact is being recorded. So I don't, you know, it's, it's yeah, y'all in here, but when I go to sleep tonight, when the video go up by them, I'm talking to somebody in my sleep. So I found a way to automate it. So when my finite body is gone, the infinite wisdom though that's in my head is going to be able to impact people all over the world. And this is how I'm being compensated by the work and effort that I put out. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, my answer is a lot of us, because of what he said, you naturally do things and don't know that it's a gift. Um, and people kind of made you feel bad about the gift because it didn't equate into money, right? Uh, but the word of God that says your gift will make room for you. It's not plural, it's singular. And a lot of us now gifted at a bunch of stuff, you know, and talented. So write this down skills, talent, and gift. Skills, talents, plural, and gift singular. Skills are things that you learn how to do. You know, you learn how to work a computer. You learn how to 
uh, write, a, write on a paper. You learn language. These are things that you learn. A talent is an over-practice skill. <laughs> These are just skills that you master. So guess what happens? Well, you, you can do, all of us can do a lot of different things. You, you know how to drive a car? You know how to cut some grass? You know how to type on a computer? You know how to talk on the phone? You know how to text on the phone? You know how to take a picture? You know how to take a video? So much know how to edit? Those are things that, those are skills you learn. A lot of us got a bunch of skills. And you try to impact the world on skills. You can't impact the world on skills. The Bible says your gift will make only not your skills. So a talent is a mastered skill. These are things that you look at and say, well, I, I try to do that better. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to spend more time doing this. I'm going to spend a little bit more time doing that. Right? And then you go around and you're confused because you're like, man, I'm talented in so many different things. You're going around still chasing your tail because although you're talented and make the amount of things that you do or can do tighter than your skills, you're still confused. But your gift will make room for you. See, that gift thing. See, if you look at a table, right? A table has four legs. Your talents are supposed to support your gift. See, these talents are legs to your table. See, if I don't understand that, I'm going to be uh, trying to impact the world with a leg. Yeah, I got this leg. <laughs> you can't stand on it, but it's keeping so much so you get on it now. But the table is where your gift can rest. And so if, if, if I lose a talent, the table can still kind of stand. It will be a little wobbly, but your gift won't fall to the ground. And so if I look at my skill sets, I know that these are things that I learned. A talent is something that I mastered, and a gift is something that is given to me from God. Now, when I look at identifying a gift, what I think about is, in any organization, any environment, any place, what do you naturally do to help first? Right? Some of us go to the admin. Some of us want to help with the tech stuff. Some of us say, hey, I can go out there and I can go speak on behalf of Some of us say, no, I ain't going to speak on that, but I can organize something now. Some of us say, no, I ain't no organizer, I ain't no speaker, but I can raise some money. Some of us say, no, I can't do none of that, but what I can do, I can work on a website. I can't work on a website. So what, if all of us were to say, hey, we're starting a company, I need help. Whatever you naturally say that you want to help with is your gift thing that you not Because why? The gift is something you find rest in. It was given to you. It's a God-given gift. It's something that appeases you. It doesn't, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to get paid to do it. You just naturally do it with So that gift, that thing I find rest in, if, if I'm trying to figure out what that is, all you got to do is ask yourself, look at every company you work for, and ask yourself, what do you naturally always gravitate to? What do you naturally always end up doing? You came in for this one thing, but you naturally end up always here. Or you naturally always end up there. Well, you know, I, I always naturally end up being an admin. You over there trying to go be a doctor when your gift is being an admin. Why? Because admin is the gatekeeper to the people who are actually the visionaries. The admin is the one who can organize and make sure everything is right, but because you devalue your gift, you're also devaluing your anointing. See, if the gift can make room for you, this is what you gotta understand. The gift is the key to your inheritance. 
See, I can't capture what God asked for me if I'm refusing the gift he gave me. See, that's the key to your inheritance. And so if I'm looking at admin like I don't want to be an admin, nobody respects an admin. But if you be who you are and be the best at what you do, that admin can find equity in the company that's a billion dollars. See, I can't equate my gift to the money I make today. I can equate my gift to the inheritance that God told me before I was born. That's what a gift is. But the problem that we have is that we want it to circumvent or circle around the income we make today. See, you don't get the income if your gift is the key to your inheritance or your gift will make room for you. There's already a door for you. There's already a place for you. But if I'm trying to use Brother Ben's key to get in my door, of course the key gonna break. Every time. Or if I try to use Brother Ben's key to get in his door, I can only get what he has left over for me. And a lot of us get leftover blessings. Yeah, yeah. Your cup ain't running over, you you sipping on whatever they left you. But if I ask myself, that ain't for me, because my door, that's for me. Well, the word of God says that the wealth of the righteous is held up in the hands of the wicked. So if my gift will make room for me, I got to figure out which one of these doors that the wicked been had that they got my name on. But I can't get there if I don't uniquely know me. And so what you got to understand is that if your key is designed for your inheritance, that means that you're the only one with the key that can actually get you to where you need to be. And so if I understand that, know what, know what you naturally do well, and double down on that. Now you ask yourself, not how can I make money today, but as Brother Ben says, how can I impact somebody today with this gift that I have? And I'm going to keep doing it. And I'm going to keep doing it. And I'm going to keep doing it, and eventually you're going to keep doing it, and you're going to end up in the right room at the right time, meeting the right person in the right moment that will transcend you into your life. I was sitting here thinking, I told y'all niggas this whole time. Two more things I would do to my time. On top of all those things, I would tell you. On top of all the stuff that I named, I could put it up, which I'm pretty sure they're already doing, on a podcast and actually get paid for the audio itself. Get paid for the audio itself, and you can sell the audio itself. Maybe these are four things. So the next thing that I would do is I can go get manual ads. So all YouTube is paying you for is because they got million-dollar companies or big-dollar companies putting their commercial or giving their commercial to YouTube. YouTube is who actually puts the monetization on the content creators. So instead of me waiting on YouTube to go do it, I can go to It's So Vegan and say, hey, do you want to do a commercial on my video? I'm going to be premiering this podcast. I think it's going to get a lot of views. She can pay me. But that's one more way I can do it. If I got my own product, guess what I can do? I can put my own commercial on my own content. Now I'm getting paid both ways. I'm getting paid from they ads that they're going to naturally put on there. And I'm going to get paid from the actual video for my own product and service and get paid from there. Then we're going fifth way. Fifth way may be whatever we talked about. Let's say I mentioned a product. Let's say I mentioned a camera. I can go to Amazon, become an affiliate. So whatever I talked about in the video, I can put it in the description. So if y'all want it, every time y'all buy it from the video, I get paid. I got one more. I got one more. And then you get it transcribed. When you get that thing transcribed, now it's an ebook. You can take that ebook, you can take it to the person who actually created the content and say, I got an ebook for you. It's already transcribed, but we're going to teach this in digital real estate. 
uh, shameless plug. Um, uh, in that, I can take it to them. I said, I got an ebook ready for you, already transcribed. Matter of fact, you, you talked about three or four things. I got three ebooks for you. Uh, you can sell it, I'll transcribe it, and I'll manage it 50-50 partnership. I wrote it, I transcribed it, I format it, I put the photo on it, I put the book on it. You're the one who actually needed a product. I gave us both the product, we split it 50-50. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we need more time. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Y'all kicking game. Like, yeah, we ain't even get to talk about business though. Uh, the impact, income, and empowerment. Ben, Jake, I gotta say thank you to both of y'all uh, just for coming on the podcast. I know yeah, man. For everybody that's listening to this on the podcast, can y'all let them know how they can find y'all and tap in with y'all service? Uh, you can follow me at Brother Ben X on everything. Uh, that's Brother Ben X on everything. Podcast, YouTube, Instagram. And if you would like to get the courses, you can go to mycontent2cash.com. number 2 like literally the number two. Uh, I'm sorry, that ain't it. Mycontent2cash.com. And if anybody want to get on my list, I do send out free content on a almost daily basis, so uh, a lot of y'all, some of y'all actually hear from the text, anybody hear from the text message I sent out? There's one, couple of them, So y'all can text GAME to 214-884-4644, GAME, G-A-M-E, to 214, okay, we got 50 people live over there on the text message, so text GAME to 214-884-4644, and that's why I just give free game out and updates and things of that nature. Uh, you can follow me on J Taylor Jacobs on everything. So J A K E T A Y L E R Jacobs, not O R E R. Um, you can also follow us on BizCodeBuilder.io. That is our drag drop web builder where you can build your funnels, templates, everything. BizCode, B I Z C O, Builder.io. That's our technology where you can literally drag and drop your websites. Everything you need from booking, if you're a service, from building a landing page, a web page, it's drag and drop, easy to use. We have templates, and we also do training and courses to teach you how to monetize and be able to make money on our website and technology. Once again, I want to say thank you. Thank you, you brothers, coming out, uh, just blessing the stage with all this information. Once again, y'all give them a big round of applause. Um, also, I want to give everybody who showed up a round of applause. I want to give the space over here, this beautiful space, T-Ball, y'all give them a round of applause. Thank you for allowing us to be in this space. Uh, also, once again, got a shout out to our sponsor, Chase. Uh, thank you for helping us put this uh, weekend together. Um, if you're a VIP, we will be heading to our dinner a little bit later. It'll be starting at 8 o'clock at the island spot. Um, also, anybody who's not on our email list as well, uh, y'all definitely check out our Black Growth Renaissance Academy. Um, this is our academy that we have weekly classes in. Like this, and our goal is just to empower and impact the community, honestly. And really just, we do a lot of it for free. We, we just love this. We love being able to pour in people saying, you know, how we've been able to impact and just share some knowledge that they didn't know 
what was happening. So uh, that really just makes us happy. It really fills our spirit. So y'all definitely check in with that. We're doing a lot of things with that. Uh, all the members, they got free access to the live stream tonight. So you get a lot of uh, value through that. Uh, y'all got anything else, fellas? Man, I just want to say thank you all, uh, the four quarters, for, uh, <laughs> for y'all work, man, uh, to see black men in our community starting to see the, the value of generational wealth, and this is the type of understanding that we need to move forward, because the minister said, politics without economics is simple without substance. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure the sisters are like this, romance without finance is a nuisance. <laughs> <laughs> I think you all from y'all <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no day, no job, we'll close the podcast. <laughs> that was good. This has been another great episode of the Black Woman Song Podcast. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.